What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Mode. I'm Duke. And I'm Kesley. We have a really special guest, Ruby Smoot, who is a dog trainer slash cake expert slash everything good in the world slash game maker. Anyway, she's the bomb. Game maker? We'll get to that. I didn't even tell her that I was going to bring this up, but I cannot interview her without talking about it. I don't know if we should address this first. We're going to save it for the grand finale because it's one of my favorite things about Ruby. So, Ruby, will you introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, I'm Ruby Bicklin Smoot. <laughs> I have two dogs and no kids. I do have a husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm from Provo, Utah, but live up here in Davis County now, and I love Davis County. It's a great place. Preach. Woo. Yeah, but she's about to leave for Saratoga Springs, right? Mm-hmm. Boo. Yep. Bad idea. Going Bad back idea. south. Back south with all the, yeah, in the bubble. <laughs> um, but yeah, I make some cakes sometimes, and I train a lot of dogs, and I did make up one game. <laughs> Just one. We'll get to it later. So, okay, you kind of already got into this, but... Just to clarify, you're very passionate about both dogs and cakes. Yes. Why? That's like such a random, I guess it's such a random mix. Like what is it that makes you passionate about each of those? So with dogs, I've always loved animals and I was afraid of dogs as a kid, but like I was afraid of them, but loved them at the same time. So I've always thought they were cute. I always wanted a dog, but my parents never let me have one because we were in the military. So we moved every three years and couldn't have a dog. And so when I turned 19, my sister gave me her dog, Jack, and then the obsession really spiraled, and then I wanted another one. And I still want a third one, but really? it's not going to happen. Why? There's no way Is I'll let it happen. Husbands are always holding us back on our dog. It was desires. so hard to get the second one. I had to give up my eyelash extensions for a year to get Theo. What? That is so and I random. Upheld my, I upheld my promise and didn't get him. <laughs> Worth um, it. It was totally worth it. So, yeah, the dog obsession I've had since I was a kid. But cake, I have never liked cake. I hate cake. What? I just like to make it. And so when it comes to cake, it's more just like an art that I enjoy doing. And if you watch the videos, when I smooth the cake, it's like therapeutic. So if I'm having a bad day and I smooth the cake, it's like I'm smoothing away all the frustration wow we should turn that into one of those quotes that people put on pinterest <laughs> when i smooth a cake no we should all have like a cake decorating night and if you just smooth the side of a cake it is so satisfying but your cake is gonna look so much better than ours no no it's so easy to smooth the cake yeah it is if I, you know the tricks i find that hard to believe honestly or else everyone would do it no just google the tricks and you'll know exactly what to do just heat up your spatula thing and your cake will, like, the buttercream will melt perfectly smooth. How do you heat up the spatula? Under hot water. And oh. then you dry it off. It's really mm, easy. Well, I currently don't have any hot water. <laughs> have I told you that? So, since we're in the middle of this remodel, my hot water has not been working. Which is terrible. I'm so Showers sorry. Showers are terrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I want to know if you ever mix your obsessions and make a cake for a dog. No, but I'm actually going to... Oh, I have made a cake for my dogs. I've made pup cakes. Are they healthy for them? I don't know if they're healthy, but they like them. Okay. <laughs> it's just peanut butter and carrots and applesauce, and you bake it, and then they're happy. But I did that for Jack's last couple of birthdays 
but I didn't for his most recent birthday. I just gave him treats. Was he disappointed? I think he was really disappointed. He knew it was his 12th birthday. Yeah, he knew it was his. He's like, this is my day. What are you doing, human? (laughs) He got extra treats, and I filled up his Kong with peanut butter, so he was Mm. still happy. Yeah. Hmm, That's so cute. (laughs) Thanks. But I am going to be making a dog-themed cake pretty soon for my dog training job. And so you'll have to – I have some ideas in my head of how I'm going to do it. Are you doing, like, a certain breed of dog on it, or – Oh, that's a good question. I don't know why, but I imagine it being an orange dog, as if those exist. So is it Garfield? <laughs> I was just going to say, I was just going to say, oh, it's like a Garfield dog. Yeah. So maybe it'll be an orange dog that doesn't exist or just a chocolate dog Yeah. for chocolate frosting. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So we've gotten into a lot, but we're going to get into more details about both of your passions. But first, take us back to like a year, year and a half ago. What were you doing? Because you were just working a normal job, right? Yes. So I've done orthodontic assisting for five years. I started that when I was 18. And um, it's been fun. It's a good job. I did it for from like 18 to 21. And then I stopped when I moved to Logan and then did it again from 23 to 25. And then just recently stopped at the beginning of the year. So my last day was supposed to be the very end of December. And then I was just supposed to cover for people if they needed my help. And so my first day back was January 2nd. (laughs) And so I didn't take a long break, but then I was gone again. So I'm only doing orthodontic assisting a couple days a month now, which is plenty. (laughs) Are you just like obsessed with teeth or like Um, why? No, I just like the social aspect of it because when I'm at home making cake, I don't talk to anybody for like besides days. the frosting the smooth frosting yeah, yeah the smooth frosting and then you're just talking to dogs you know yeah I talk to myself talk to my dogs if you look in the video you'll see me talking sometimes but it's usually if somebody's coming through the house mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my eye out on that <laughs> okay was it scary to leave like your job leave a consistent income all of those things oh yeah that was scary I was thinking about the income change because of course, we relied on that income. And with dog training, I'd already started that last summer. So I was working two jobs at the time. But choosing to leave orthodontics all the way was really scary because we're building a house and someday we want a family. But we, we mean, we'd love to have money. Who doesn't want to have an income? <laughs> and with orthodontics, you know that you're always going to have that steady income. And leaving to do dogs, you can't guarantee that you'll always have clients. You have to go out and find them. I'm sure you have felt that worry sometimes with photography yes I know what you're talking about yeah it's just you're not promised a paycheck so far it's worked out I've had plenty of dogs but hopefully it always stays that way but it definitely is always something that I think about especially with us getting ready to start a mortgage it's something that we talk about a lot well Twix is for sure coming so you're gonna have a superstar dog coming yes. to you soon. <laughs> I seriously am like counting down the days and teaching him tiny tricks all the time. I know. I love Twix tricks. <laughs> we don't have one today because we're going to be talking so much about dogs. I thought <laughs> I'll just reserve Twix tricks segment for the next week. But, um, okay. So since we're getting into dog training, can you share the story about how you started originally to get into, um, like why dog training became your thing? Yeah, so I never, ever planned on being a dog trainer. I've always liked dogs and loved dogs, and that's why I wanted a dog, but I never thought I'd do anything related to dogs, which is kind of stupid. If you love something, you should try and find a way to work it and to, like, make money out of it and have an income from it if you love it. 
but I got my second dog, Theo, when he was brand new. He was eight weeks old. We picked him out when he was like two weeks old. He just opened his eyes for the first time. He had no teeth, and it was so cute because we went to go meet him, and he sucked on my finger because he had barely opened his eyes for the first time, and there were no little teeth in that little mouth. And then we'd go back to visit him, and I was like, okay, he's a little weird. Like, um, he was really hyper. He wasn't like a normal puppy who wants to cuddle and sleep. Oh, I feel like that's how Twix is. <laughs> Twix is a little bundle of energy. Well, he just has this problem that if he's around anyone but Zach and I, he will not sleep. And then as soon as he gets to the car, he just, like, will pass out. Oh, no, she's laughing. I I'm think laughing this is what it's like. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because of when you brought him to the movie theater. Oh, my gosh. Kate Ruby went to The Secret Life of Pets 2 with Zach and I, and her husband was there, too. Just a side note. But, and we had Twix, and he was being okay. He was being pretty good. But then he started barking in the movie. Honestly, if you're going to take a dog to any movie when you're not supposed to, like, obviously that crowd is probably going to be about <laughs> the most supportive. But it was an adventure. Did people get mad at you? No, no one got mad. But the lady who was on, like, we were sitting by our, all of our friends, but the lady who was on the side of our friends, like, at the end was looking over. And I could tell she wanted to see him and pet him. But I had brought his bag, his purse that he's always in. So before the lights came on, I'd put him in his purse and was just acting like he wasn't there. But she was, like, laughing and being like, they have a tiny dog. Yeah, it was great. Well, I forgot that Kesley even brought the dog. And so I thought she'd lost a bet with Zach and was and was dared to bark at the screen during the movie at some point. You're kidding me. Now, would Twix, would like the movie, would there be a dog barking in the movie and then Twix would bark back? Was he ever barking when there was barking in the movie? No, no. I think that what happened is he, he'd kind of fallen asleep. And I was like, I've won. This is amazing. He's asleep. And then he woke up a little and someone on the aisle behind us had just sat down. And so I think it kind of scared him because he's like, someone's behind us and I can't see them. And so that's what he was barking at. He like was barking behind, not like toward the screen. So like, did you go, Twix, Twix? No, I just took the blanket and just like, <laughs> basically like burritoed him into this blanket and was like, shh. <laughs> But while she did that, when she jumped forward, I thought that was the action of her barking at the screen. <laughs> wow. That is funny. Okay, but back to the story. Back to the story. So we bring Theo home, and when we're picking him up, his breeder was like, oh, yeah, just so you know, he's the most energetic of his litter. Um, Great. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, this is my nightmare. And so she's like, he can play with the adult dogs until the adult dogs fall asleep, and then by that point, the puppies are awake again, so he plays with them. And then they fall asleep, so he goes back to the adult dogs. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And wait, how old was your other dog at this point? Ten. Oh. And he does nothing. Wow. And so I bring Theo home. It was the day that we were moving back to Logan. And he seemed pretty good. He was pretty chill. He was terrified of the sun like a little vampire. And that didn't really, I mean, we got him used to it pretty quick. We just kind of forced him to go in the sun. And we taught him to walk up and down the stairs like that very weekend but we brought him home and slowly introduced him to jack and jack didn't care about theo he just cared about theo's new toys but then theo started picking up on that and this was the first sign that if i were a dog trainer back then i would have noticed this but since i wasn't i didn't was jack would play with theo's stuffed giraffe and then when theo finally got it back he marked it 
And that was the first time I'd ever seen Wait, Theo Mark. Wait, what do you mean? He went potty on the giraffe oh. to keep Jack from taking it. A little golden shower. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to his little cute giraffe rope toy that I thought was the cutest thing ever. But then after he did it, he realized he couldn't play with it because it was covered in his own urine. And so then I had to put it through the wash. And then he did the same thing with his blanket that smelled like his mom. He marked that. Mm. And so those are all signs of like possession and wanting to to guard your resources. And I didn't know that back then. But I'd been reading this book about training your brand new puppy and was talking about feeding your dog in the kennel and hand feeding your dog if you can, pet them while they eat. And he did really well with all of that. He ate in his kennel for almost the first year of his life. And he was hand fed until he was six months. And so... Like hand fed in his kennel? uh Uh-huh. So I put him in his kennel with his food dish and he wasn't allowed to reach into his food dish. I'd reach in and put the food into his mouth. What? To teach Why? Him, oh, I've never done that. To teach him Dang. that I'm giving him things and it's not his, so he can't guard it. Mm. But then um, when I stopped doing that, I just put his food dish in his kennel and let him start eating in there. But Jack would walk by and I'd hear like a little growl. And I was like, oh, that's a little odd. And we had just got Theo neutered at six months. And... We brought him home, and that's when everything just flipped. We neutered him, now I know, way too young for who he is. Neutered him too young. We took away his testosterone, so he tried to make up for that lack of testosterone by lashing out. So wait, when do you recommend neutering? If I were to get another boy dog, I would wait at least a year. That way they can get enough testosterone in their body. They can grow and develop as they should, and then you can... Do, do okay. what you I just, need to do. I just didn't know because I've heard, like, I hear so many mixed questions. Oh, yeah. And if there's any other dog mom, I'm sure they ask, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you research things online, but you get random things. There's so it's so just much good information. To, talk to like a true trainer. There's you know? so much information online. Um, but after we got him neutered, that's when everything really flipped. He started resource guarding. So what that means is um, if there was something that he wanted and anyone went near it, he would try to guard it as best as he could, which means trying to bite you, trying to lunge at you. And he started with our dog, Jack. And Jack doesn't do anything ever. He's literally the sweetest dog. Like, not not even the type that is like, I have to be cuddled, but just like, I'm here. I'm nice. Like, I don't know how to describe him. He doesn't just, do anything. Yeah, he's just there. And it's so cute, but he's just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like a pet rock. Is he, is he a big dog or a small dog? He's 25 pounds. He's a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, my gosh. He's gigantic. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> Coming from a family that has chihuahuas, he's gigantic. It's like the size of 10 chihuahuas in one. Holy cow. That is a lot of chihuahuas. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Jack doesn't do anything. So when he started going after Jack, I was like, what, what in the world? So he started resource guarding his food. He started resource guarding his toys. And then he started to resource guard me. And so if he was sitting by me or sitting on my lap or even walking past me and another person would go by me, he'd growl at them. Um, And I was sitting on the couch with Theo when my husband walked by and Theo lunged at him because he walked too close to me when I was on the couch. Um, And then Theo hurt his foot. He got it wrapped. And when I was trying to unwrap it, he was so protective over his paw. He was trying to bite me. So it took me almost two hours to unwrap one paw And I had to do it by smearing peanut butter on our bathroom counter and soaking his foot in the sink in the bathroom. So while he was licking the peanut butter, I'd have to get as much of the wrap off without him noticing or he'd try and bite me. 
And so it was at this point that we were looking. I'm trying to like picture this. It was and the it's, worst. It's out of a movie or something. Like it was of, it's awful. like something that you'd see a meme about or something. <laughs> it gets, it gets weird, you guys. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is a really bad dog. I don't want him to be around our nieces or nephews. I don't want him to be around our future children. Like something has to change. And since he's our dog and we got him as a puppy, I feel like it's our responsibility to do absolutely everything before rehoming. So I feel like that's just a re- responsible thing yeah. to do. And so and excellent input, Duke. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted everyone to know that I'm still here. <laughs> the, the thought of rehoming him like crushed me. So I was looking into trainers and at that point, my husband and I knew that we were actually moving to Davis County because we were living in South Jordan at the point at that time we move a lot. And, um, so we'd moved back up to Centerville. His aggression was getting worse. Um, and so I found this trainer up in Kaysville and I gave him a call and I was like, okay, you know what? I think I want to train my dog. And I started training with him and I got home from, it was right before I started training with him. Actually, we were trying to decide if we should sign up and my husband and I were making dinner and we dropped a steak knife on the ground and Theo ran up grabbed the knife by the handle and started running and this was a point when Theo was at his like peak aggression peak aggression and so if we tried to grab the knife from him he would try to bite us but we also can't grab it by the handle of the blade or the handle of the like the blade I mean of the knife so we sat on the counter (laughs) just like everything's clenched because you're like oh my gosh what is gonna happen we laugh about it now, but we sat on the counter for like 20 minutes until he finally dropped the knife and we could go get it without him noticing. But imagine this aggressive dog running around with a knife in his mouth. And then Jack is just dead asleep through all of it because he doesn't do anything. Anyone want a new horror film idea? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. That was so scary. Wow. So that's the super long backstory of Theo. You just need to know how awful he really was. And anyway, so we take him to the trainer and as soon as we started training, we noticed that he stopped being super protective where he was like, instead of trying to guard everything, like he was afraid he was going to lose it. He started looking at us, asking if he could have things. And so if he wanted a bone, he would kind of give us this look. I mean, you know, Twix, you know what he wants now when he looks at you. Yes. It's always more food. (laughs) (laughs) Just always hungry. But Theo would give us these looks, and so we'd give him what he wants for a couple of minutes and then take it away. Just like when you're a kid and you want to watch TV, your parents, like, I mean, when you're really little, they monitor how much you have. And so we started doing that with Theo, and he started changing more and more and more. And so we did this nine-week training program, and by the end, the trainer was like, hey, you did a really good job with your dog. And I was like, thanks. Like, thinking you say this to everyone and he was like I have 10 dogs coming to stay with me for three weeks next month they're all going to be at my house at the same time do you want to come help me and I was like oh yeah sure that sounds fun like I don't have much going on right now so I'd go to his house almost every day that month those three weeks that he had these 10 dogs in his house and just tried working with different dogs and every dog is so different in how they react and by the end of it he paid me with uh some new tools to give to my dog Jack but he just hired me like at the end of that three weeks he just asked if I wanted a job working with dogs and so how long ago was that that was last summer okay so almost a year ago mm-hmm. or two years ago sorry not last summer it was two summers ago because Theo's almost doesn't three. time just fly by it it's went crazy. by quick um but he I'm listening okay <laughs> stop hogging the mic then <laughs> 
but he he hired me on and I started dogs um it's scary when you first start because it was one-on-one private classes I can work with a dog on my own and be just fine but teaching other people how to talk to their dogs is completely different and so he shadowed me for a while for I think three classes and then just kind of made me do it on my own which was a good way to learn just (laughs) throw me in what's like the hardest dog you've ever had to train what kind of dog was it? So one dog that I actually didn't finish because they stopped showing up was mm-hmm. a really... Was it a chihuahua named Twix? <laughs> it kidding. was not a chihuahua, but I do have a chihuahua story. <gasps> oh, I'm excited. Next story, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hardest dog I've ever had to train... There are two that are in my mind, two and a half that are in my mind right now. Two and a half? Half was because it only started scary and it ended okay. Oh, okay. So it was a 120 pound, or maybe bigger than that. It's a huge... Um, St. Bernard. I looked over both Duke and I's jaws are just like <laughs> yeah. literally hanging eyes open. wide open jaws dropped <laughs> but it was a huge dog who was aggressive toward females specifically and liked to attack their faces oh. um so he th- their dog would lunge and latch onto women's faces why would you take the job and it why? was one of my first dogs that I ever worked with <gasps> did no. you know that that was his issue yeah. before you got there so I didn't even touch the leash for the first I think two or three classes so I had to teach from across the room and tell him how to hold his leash um did you wear a mask no but I almost <laughs> wanted to put one on the dog I was so scared wow that sounds so freaky 120 pounds that's as much as I weigh wait how long were you training him and what was the result um, nine weeks and we got him to an off leash heel by the end of the nine weeks and he hasn't had an accident since they actually just got another dog of the same breed so they're gonna have two giant dogs in their house boo bad idea Huge. bad idea just think of the potty and all the food so much holy cow holy cow holy cow but I trained a huge dog named bear who was a or grizzly sorry grizzly who is a very aggressive German shepherd there aren't a lot of truly aggressive dogs but he was he only made it to the fifth week of training and then disappeared. So I'm wondering if the family put him down. There aren't, no. there aren't a lot of truly aggressive dogs, but this dog is the only, or maybe one, one of two, only aggressive dogs I've worked with. Did you like see improvement? In those oh yeah, five? we'd seen improvement. And it's just, she, she just stopped showing up. So I'm thinking it bit another kid because they'd been biting children in their neighborhood. Oh, yeah. We actually, in one of our homes that we sold, like the one that Duke and I kind of grew up in, the family that moved in there, the neighbors told us that their dog attacked like three people in the neighborhood, which I feel bad because I'm like, it's not the dog's fault, mm-hmm. but I think they ended up having to put it down because yeah. it had like literally, a, you know, attacked children's mm-hmm. limbs. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's what happened with this dog. But I'm actually working with one dog right now who I'm terrified of. Still haven't touched his leash and we've done two classes. I crossed my legs on the first week, and he tried to bite me because he didn't want me to move my legs. Oh, my gosh. You have the scariest job ever. And it's bit children, too, so that's why they're with me. Dang. Now I'm feeling like, wow, Twix is an angel. Everybody, your dogs are probably (laughs) angelic after those three that I told you about. Holy cow. This sounds like it's scarier than being a firefighter. Wait, (laughs) tell us the chihuahua story. Okay, there was only – I actually just finished one amazing chihuahua who I loved – um, his name is Rolo, so fitting in the candy theme. Excellent job, Rolo's family. <laughs> um, but there was one a long time ago who was really, really aggressive. I think it was just a poorly bred chihuahua. And they they were really scared because they're pregnant with their first. And they were like, oh, yeah, we have no warning signs if my dog is going to bite. 
They said that their dog has to sleep in their bed, but if they wake the dog in the night, the dog will latch onto them biting. And like so, a gremlin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they would sleep on opposite sides of the bed as to not accidentally wake the dog. And that sounds like a healthy marriage. <laughs> it was so scary. How they have a, how were they pregnant? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but my husband actually tried to walk behind the dog and he had, he'd reached over to grab the leash and the dog jumped up and latched onto his thumb and like ripped it open. And he had, he, his fingernail turned black until it grew out and came off. And the owners were kind of like, Titan. And we were like, what? What? They're not like freaking out. I'm freaking out hearing that. You could tell that he, like the, the guy was like, are you kidding me? And she was like, huh? Oh no. They never came back again. How are they going to feel when that's their child? That's what we warned them about. And we were, they, they never came back after it bit Austin, but we were like, Hey, just so you know, when you bring your kid home, you have to protect your child from this dog. Because your child is a lot more fragile than Austin's thumb. Yeah. Wow. I I don't see why you would stop coming unless, like, the saddest thing is, is, like, mm-hmm. you know, they could have put the animal down. That's my assumption when people stop coming, is that they put their dog down. Have they, like, already paid for all the training up front? Mm-hmm. I just feel like it seems dumb. It's a nine-week program. You've lived with the dog for at least six months, mm-hmm. normally longer. Why not at least let it finish its classes? It's like exactly. It's like telling a kid that you're gonna take them to learn to swim, and then you give up on mm-hmm. them on week three, and you know yeah. they still can't swim. And they, yeah, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Well, you just want to give them like give your dog a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. A lot of the dogs you work with have really severe issues, and most of the people want to f- follow through with it because they want their dog to have the best chance at the healthiest possible life. <laughs> how much harder is it to train an older dog versus like a younger puppyish type dog? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there are pros and cons to both. So when they're young at around six months, that's really when they're reaching their adolescent phase or age stage. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's when they're reaching their youth. And so like most teenagers, that's usually when they're most crazy and try to push boundaries. So they're great to start training that young because you can stop bad habits before they even settle in. We waited until Theo was 10 months old and he had already settled into a bunch of bad habits. And a lot of these aggressive dogs are older than two and they've really gotten into their ways. So you can get ahead of that, but it's frustrating because they're stubborn and you're going to start seeing that with Twix in a couple months. Good luck. Um, Oh no. Well, I'm starting to see, I don't know if this, like he used to be too scared. Like if I put him outside or something, Mm -hmm. he would stay within probably a foot of me. Like, if I needed him to go potty, I had to stand on the grass, or he was, like, too scared to get on the grass, mm-hmm. and now he'll just, like, go running, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> can you get great. back to and be, like, so my baby? And where they're, he's, he's fine with exploring more, like a lot of us are. Two-year-olds don't want to leave their mom and dad, but when they're five, they're more likely to go sneak off and try to adventure on their own, and then they reach 13, and they try to push the boundaries, and so that's the hard thing about um, six-month-old dogs is because they're right in between puppy and adult, and so they're trying to push the boundaries. So that's the challenge, but you get to stop all the bad habits before they can even set in. So they grow into being an incredible adult dog. Adult dogs and older dogs are trainable, but you have to fight any bad habits that they've learned. So they both have pros and cons. What's the oldest dog you've ever trained? Me, personally, is probably Jack. 
since we started him when he was almost 11. But my boss, the oldest he's done is 13. Do you think it's important to train your dog? Like, I mean, you've told us these crazy stories about like very bad dogs, but do you think every dog should be trained? Every dog should have a foundation just so that they're not running your house, but not necessarily need proper formal training. As long as they've got a good foundation and no boundaries, almost always the dog will turn out okay. All right. So if one of our listeners needs dog training, how can they reach you? Because you're obviously the most talented dog trainer (laughs) in the room. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Hold on. Hold on. My Twix Tricks segment is really taking off here. Twix Tricks is something I look forward to every week. Um, but you can just Google Cornerstone Dog Training in Kaysville and you'll find our website. There's a lot of information on the website and then you can just text to schedule an appointment. Perfect. Okay. Now you guys are all thinking, wow, what an insightful lesson that we just got. (laughs) But the podcast isn't over yet because we haven't even gotten to Ruby's other talents. And so let's get on to the next one. All right. So you bake cakes. Right. Yes. You, but you don't like cake. I but don't you like bake cake. cake. Just bake them and decorate them because it's therapeutic. Because it's therapeutic. Okay. What's the hardest cake you've ever had to make? Um, Edna Mode might be on that list because she kind of just looked like a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> but if any of you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably saw my Edna Mode cake, which I had no idea Ruby was making. She surprised me with it, and it was so awesome. <laughs> that was a fun cake. That cake was really hard, as well as my up house cake. I don't know if you've seen it, but it looks like the up house. And then I made my own cake topper. Um, I went out and bought a bunch of balloons and made a cake topper and stuck it to the top of the cake. So if you looked at it from right up front, it looked like the up house being floated away. What? Oh, my gosh. That was also a hard one. That is so cool. Another reason why I love Ruby. We're both obsessed (laughs) with up because it's the greatest love story ever. It's my husband proposed with an up theme to it. And so that's why I made that cake was because it was the anniversary of us getting engaged. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Are there like, is there a certain type of cake that's better for layering? Because obviously to build these elaborate cakes, you have to layer like different cakes on top of each other. But do some cakes like fold in? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've had that problem, but I freeze all of my cakes before I stack them. Oh, smart. Pro tip. Yes. Everybody who makes a layered cake, they'll freeze their layers. That way your layers don't slide. If they're frozen and then you put your buttercream on, then stack another frozen cake layer on top of it, the buttercream will almost immediately harden. So it kind of holds it there immediately. So then there's no sliding. Um... Nothing really caves in. Do you have to like dethaw them before they go out yeah. to their wedding though? Yeah. yeah, that's one of the longest parts of the process. Because you don't want to dethaw it too quick. Your cake will sweat. Yuck. It looks all Don't beady. have a sweaty cake. No oh one wants gosh. a sweaty cake. No. <laughs> How long do you think your average cake takes you to make? So if we're counting from the very start to the very end, I would say just a basic cake is five hours. Gosh. Just, but you have to take into account that two of that is probably in the freezer because there's a lot of fro- freezer time. Do you have like a giant freezer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we do. Get so excited. Yes. We, yes. I have a giant freezer. We tried with our normal freezer for a while and it was the worst thing ever. It, yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet it took up the whole freezer. <laughs> it did. If they could even fit in there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was trying to squish it in all the time. So sometimes the cakes would get a little warped. And so, so where'd you get a giant freezer? What does it look like? 
Um, well, <laughs> I'm interested about the store freezer. a dead body. It, it could. Oh my gosh, that's if not you, what I'm saying. If you need to store a body, you can use our freezer. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> but it's a it's just a big stand up freezer that we forgot was in the garage. So it was there the whole time. I was just being stupid. Are you serious? That's hilarious. Oh my gosh, when you move, are you gonna take your freezer? It's not ours. It's my <gasps> mother in law's. Oh my gosh. So we're just gonna have to buy one. Dang it. So if anyone's selling a freezer. <laughs> I actually know someone who is. Let's talk offline. <laughs> I actually do. We were at someone's house who was selling one, but it had a bunch of breast milk in it, I guess, before. Like bottles on bottles. That's actually the key to good buttercream. Is breast milk? Just kidding. Oh, I was like, what? I was like never eating one of your cakes. <laughs> okay, wait. So you don't like cake. So do you follow recipes? Do you make your own? How do you taste test? We need to know. So recipes i just find them all online uh, my favorite book right now is called cake confidence by a local baker named what is her name i just know her instagram handle you mandy merriman <laughs> her instagram handle is baking with blondie if you follow cake people she, you probably follow her um she just released this cookbook and it has incredible recipes there's a cereal recipe that i want to make for a certain cereal whoa, lover. whoa bleeping that out i'm just kidding <laughs> um but there are a ton of cake recipes. When it comes to buttercream, I've kind of found a recipe that I've kind of made up on my own. And it's just, I'm trying to tweak it to find the most perfect little increments of how much salt will make it, make the sweetness perfect and how much vanilla will make it perfect without discoloring the buttercream. So that I'm still trying to figure out and perfect. But buttercream, I kind of make up on my own. The cake recipe, I don't because it's so scientific and I'm afraid of ruining it. Do you use fondant or fondant? Um, not really, unless I make uh, glasses and lips for Kesley's cake. <laughs> you know, I know about fondant because I used to watch Cake Boss. Oh, yeah. And so I've always wanted to touch some, so... Well, I have some. You can touch it if you oh. just want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you come over, bring some fondant. I think that stuff tastes gross. Like, A lot of people do. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but... Um, do you bake other things or just mainly cake? Like, do you bake cookies and stuff a lot? Or um, is it just the art that you like? I sometimes make cookies. I don't love cookies either, unless they're fresh-baked chocolate chip, and that's the only type I'll really eat. I don't really like them reheated or store-bought. So I don't make them a ton, though, because I'll eat them all <laughs> in that night because I don't want to reheat them. <laughs> um, and then in the fall, sometimes I make pumpkin stuff, but... <gasps> I love pumpkin things. I love oh. pumpkin flavored things. Yum, 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 yum. There's yum, a yum, pumpkin yum. cake recipe that I make. Looking with forward to a it. Browned butter buttercream, and it's the most amazing smelling buttercream in the oh world. Oh my gosh. Looking forward to it. Wow. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I like that we just know Ruby's going to bake everything for everyone. <laughs> I'm just going to make you ever. snacks all the time. <laughs> so, before we were doing the podcast, you were talking about how black frosting is thicker than mm -hmm. other frosting. I was not aware that different frosting is it the color that makes it's, it thicker or what about it to get a true black you almost always have to use chocolate frosting and to get it dark enough i try to use a dark cocoa and add a lot of the dark cocoa so that it doesn't stain your tongue as much because then you have to add the black um food coloring after stain your tongue from the black food coloring oh my gosh have you ever noticed like when you eat candy oh wait you don't like candy but <gasps> You have, like, your tongue will be blue or something. Ruby likes candy. She also likes ice cream. I so she's a normal check. human. <laughs> check if my tongue was blue from candy <laughs> earlier today. 
Okay, well, before we wrap up, first of all, thank you so much. If any of you guys want to know, well, tell them where they can find you and follow you and see all your stuff. My Instagram handle is just ruby.smoot. It's like smooth without the H. Like smooth buttercream. Yeah, like smooth buttercream. spread <laughs> with the warm knife. With a warm knife. Um, I don't have a website. Someday I will. I just need to get around to that too. Stay tuned. She'll have a We'll give you an update when she has one. I need to hear about the game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, please tell them about the game. And then I've got like two more questions for you. I'm sorry. I know this episode's longer than most of ours, but we had to. Ruby's so awesome. We just I, have to let I you guys ramble know. a lot. Um, the game is called Granny. <gasps> you are the creator of <laughs> Granny? Granny. Yes. I know lots of people that play Granny. <laughs> so we created it last summer because... <laughs> Um, they were playing the app version of Granny and we'd been playing a game called The General like every night, like a bunch of adults do when they're staying in a house. Another game that they created, right? Did you create Dalton, that or no? Dalton taught it to us, but we okay. found Nerf guns, so we just started playing with them. Wait, explain, yeah, explain how the game goes, kind of. Granny? Yeah, explain Granny. Okay. So the goal of Granny, Austin hates when I explain it that way, this way, but he's not here, so, <laughs> um... So there is one grandmother and all of her grandchildren. <laughs> and um, grandma has a prize that she hides somewhere in the house. She'll go hide that prize, turn off all the lights so it's, it's pitch black, and all the grandchildren have to get inside the house, find the prize, and get outside of the house. During that, grandma is somewhere walking in the house. She cannot run. She cannot she can run. She speed walk, though. <laughs> um, with a pool noodle or a wiffle ball bat, a cane, a cane, just something, a BB gun. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Don't use a BB gun. <laughs> something good for like hitting someone. Grandma's walking around with that, and if she sees you getting into her house looking for the prize, she whacks you and you're dead. Oh my gosh, it's so scary to play. Kesley is the scariest granny because she gets this look in her face like everything goes blank, like she's like almost sleepwalking. And she, she'll come out of nowhere, and she's so small. <laughs> so you, like, when it's – you don't hear her walking because she's just, like, a tiny little person, and she just appears. It's oh acting, darling. It's acting. <laughs> we played it in the light once, and she still made me and Lauren scream out loud because she so scared funny. us. Uh. Um, I've honestly been thinking about how fun it would be to rent a place and play – like, a, a Duke and I did it at a house that we rented. That's how he knows about the game. But – I want to like rent it and have it open to like anyone who wants to come the first like 50 people and get a place that's big enough where we could have three grannies going and just two. kill it. Our friends got like this, or her parents were out of town. This is what adults do. <laughs> her parents were out of town. So we got like 15 or 20 people to go to this house. There were two grannies and they had revival kits throughout the house to revive the dead. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds so fun. It's seriously the best game if you guys, I feel like we explained it enough to play, but the last key to make the game so awesome is download the Granny app and oh. play the music that's behind it. It's called, I don't think it's just called Granny, but it's this way creepy thing and put it on a speaker so that it's got creepy music playing in the background. Well, when me and Kes were playing it, we were playing it at this house that I rented for a workshop. There were more than just us. Yeah, it, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't just me and Kes. There was more people there, but... Um, it had like surround sound speakers throughout the whole house and I put ASMR on. 
oh, to whoa. the speakers. It was so scary. Wait, like, isn't that when people eat in the microphone? It's like it's like eating and soft whispering and stuff. I could do the whispering, but not eating. Give us an example, Duke. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, before before we sign off for today, um, Ruby, what do you think is the most rewarding thing about each of your jobs? Um, I like that they're fun and I don't get bored. I get lonely sometimes, but I don't get bored and I get to watch my shows. Then if she's lonely, she just turns on the mode podcast and everything's better. I'm just kidding. And, and I laugh like I'm actually hanging out with <laughs> Kesley and Duke. Um, okay. And do you ever see yourself going back to a nine to five? If I say never, I know it's going to happen again, but I don't see it happening but I'm not going to say never or I'll curse, curse myself. Never say never. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we so appreciate you coming on. Um, we adore you. And I like, I don't know how to say that I love Ruby or her work any more than like, she makes every cake that I ever order. And she's also going to train my dog. So she's awesome. And go follow her. And thank you guys so much. Let's all do the outro. Are we ready? Ready. We'll catch you guys next time on The The Mode. Mode.